bees in his library. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire scythe for them. It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gandahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gandahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to StarCrashed. We discussed genre movies released before the year 2000, and in this episode we're going almost 100 years in the past with the movie Ailita from 1924. It's a Russian science fiction movie and we're gonna talk about it. My name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So Linnea, just checking in before we get into Ailita. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I awesome. got my... Uh, Last exam results today, uh, so I'm pretty much done with university at this point. Sweet. <laughs> You're done. You're yes. like over it. No I'm more. so done with this. Yes. <laughs> You're just like, please release me into, <laughs> into the workforce. I'm done. <laughs> uh, but that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Good job. Good Thank job. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, nothing new with me. Um, I'm doing well. I mean, it's spring, so we yep. get a lot more day, like daylight and uh, or sunlight, I should say. <clears throat> we did have snow yesterday, which was a bit of a curveball, but uh, well, that is how April. spring yeah. is. Yeah, so <laughs> it's fine. But uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to the warmer seasons for sure. <clears throat> so, Ailita. Had you seen this before? Because this was your pick. Like you, you brought this one up to to Starcrashed. Yes, yes, I have seen this before. I think I've actually seen it twice before. Um, I watched it once for my YouTube channel where I reviewed it very early Mm. on when I started making videos. I'm not. I don't want to rewatch that video, but it's it's up. You can find it if you want to. Uh, <laughs> on your own risk almost <laughs> kind of <laughs> um, but then earlier b- even before that I had seen it once also because um, to sort of spin off something we mentioned in I think the previous episode Ailita uh, Queen of Mars is uh, in the book 101 sci-fi movies you must see mm. before you die which mm. is a book I have and I sort of try to for fun, you know, check off all the movies in there, mm-hmm. uh, and this was one of them. Yeah, like like that book is. I have it. I have it too, but I don't have it. Like it's in my childhood home or whatever you want to say. <laughs> uh, so, but it's it's a fun way when you have something like that that you can go back to and mm. maybe like, oh yeah, I haven't thought about this one and hmm, never heard about that. Like it's it's a fun way to keep track of, of maybe like, a, a long term goal perhaps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think that is the the definitive guide of no. the best sci-fi films no. or whatever. But it's kind of fun. It's yeah. there's a nice spread of movies in there, and, and it's uh, nice to to explore. It's a them fun all. concept. If exactly, you know, exactly. So, you know, don't 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 <laughs> take it too seriously. Maybe yeah, like, yeah, yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah. I mean, I robot is in it, so you can't really take it that seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. 
<laughs> uh, well, wow. but also uh, to to go back to why I chose this one and why I suggested it for the podcast is that I think it's one of those movies where there's a lot you can discuss about it, uh, both good and bad things. Um, and I think mm. looking back at some of my favorite podcast episodes, those are the ones, the ones that we're sort of like, eh, good, but also, eh, not so good, you know, those ones. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was surprising. Like, I feel like I thought I knew where this film was going, but then it kind of took a different direction. And I like, there is a lot of, there's absolutely a lot of things that are very discussable in this movie. So uh, it will be a fun movie to to talk about, to sort of straighten a few things out and just dig a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm very curious to hear what you think about the clothing in this one. <laughs> I we'll might get have, to yeah, it. I might yeah. have suggested this just because of that. <laughs> And I appreciate it very much. Uh, and uh, we can absolutely get into that. But before we do that, let's go over the plot real quick. So it takes place in 1921, just after the Russian Revolution. There is a lot of like poverty and a lot of soldiers coming home from, you know, war fronts and just a lot of unease or unrest, I should say. And you also have like offices that work with uh, distributing um, uh, rations of food and things like that and uh, one of our main characters the wife uh, of a man called Loss who is a scientist uh, she works for example at one of these places so it is very grounded in this sort of Russian era of, of a lot of political um, mm-hmm. happenings let's say so loss now pronunciation i will say that immediately i have no idea about pronunciation and i'm someone who don't do my homework apparently so (laughs) you know we we do what we can here um yeah yeah. (laughs) it it is a silent film so we we don't really have any reference to go yes thank you yeah i don't think we've said that before but yeah it is a silent film so uh, loss the the scientist engineer uh, man he is working on a spaceship to go to mars because loss has these continuous dreams of uh, or visions i I should say of uh, of mars and it's always when he sort of falls asleep so there are dreams but they are very vivid dreams and uh, we do have some other characters on Russia but I will spend a little bit of time here what his dreams are about so in his dreams he sees um, a queen Queen Ailita who is wearing amazing costume (laughs) (laughs) there you go getting that out of the way (laughs) Uh, in a very very futuristic and and really Think, think, um, you know, the 20s, a lot of edges and geometry and lines and just shapes that are ignoring the human body, if that makes (laughs) sense to you. That's what the people are wearing and that's what they live in, basically, the houses and everything. So it's a very stylistic world. Yeah, I saw someone reading about on this, I saw someone describe the clothing as cubist. Uh, yes which is yeah yeah <laughs> yes that make that is such a good oh for sure for sure mm-hmm. uh definitely so th- it's a stark contrast to like this revolution russia that we're mm. like sort of i wouldn't say grimy is not the right word but sort of a bit dirty a bit worn tired and uh, but still like mm-hmm, we are we're 
pulled through and now we're going, you know, kind of that feeling. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so he has these dreams of uh, Mars and not all is, of course, perfect on Mars. Ailita uh, has a, a husband who is the ruler, the king of, of Mars, who is... Um, not a very nice person it seems and they also have like the sort of lower class in this world on Mars uh, <laughs> go for like storage like if you think um, cryosleep for peasants mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because they don't want to keep all of them around and all they do this these, this lower class is working for the upper class all the time so they barely see sunlight or anything. Uh, so a very, very, it's a very class society, let's say. Uh, and anyways, we have dr- drama on Earth in Russia. And the drama sort of, uh, there's sort of a, like a love triangle going on between Loss and his wife and a new tenant in the apartment building. And I think... Um, I think we might get into that a little bit later and just like the weird things that happen. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. uh, from here on now, I'm just going to be spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> from now on, there are spoilers. Uh, but they do like Loss eventually builds a spaceship and he goes to Mars to meet up with uh, Queen Elito, who has also seen him and visions from or or I should say images from Earth um, through a sort of telescope um, machinery thing that they have on Mars. So they are aware of each other without having spoken to or even knowing that the other knows of the other, if that makes sense. Mm. But I think I think we'll get into more of the details here. And there are some other people, but I barely think they matter <laughs> in this at uh, this stage of our conversation. But uh, that's the basic plot. So, um, yeah, where do you want to start with Ailita? Where do I want to start? Well, um, I want to mention that this is technically based on a book. Uh, also oh. called Ailita by an author called Alexei Tolstoy, I think. He's mm. distantly related to Leo Tolstoy. Mm. Um, I have actually read the book. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, uh, I have a Swedish translation of it. Um, I, the, the, the book and the movie, they oh. are different. They, they come from the same kind of society and the same sort of political situation and, and they, mm. they deal with kind of the same ideologies uh, sort of a little bit Marxism and, and um, themes like that mm. but the, the plots are different uh, so mm. in Nihilita Queen of Mars the movie as you mentioned the things on Mars is really just lost dreaming uh, and, mm. and you know we, we sort of get that quote-unquote twist at the end that oh it was all a dream and you're just like okay fine (laughs) but oh well (laughs) nothing matters okay uh while while in the book they actually do go to mars uh but yeah but in both stories there is this um character named loss who sparks a revolution of the workers of mars Mm. so that part is the same um however I feel that Mars in the movie is kind of... Well, as we mentioned, it looks really 
nice. The clothing and the interior design of the buildings is really, really cool and mm-hmm. unique looking. And I mean, just look up images of it because it's so <laughs> it's so snazzy. Uh, yeah. But it, I feel that Morris in the movie is a little bit sterile in a way. Mm-hmm. That the book is not the book. You know, they actually land first well based on what i remember anyway they land on another place on mars and they they then they have to go through like jungles and there's like dangerous animals oh. and then eventually they reach Ailita, queen of mars uh, <laughs> so there's differences yes there's differences i feel that the book is more pulp in style it's sort of you know it's reminiscent maybe of like john carter of mars and that kind of adventure mm. while the movie is it it's hmm I don't know how to describe it. It's not quite an adventure in the same way. Um, it's more political. Yeah. In my yeah. I mean opinion. I, I but, oh, but oh, I would say, both, say yeah. yeah, both of them are political to at least a little extent, but I think the movie focuses more on the politics mm. than maybe the book does. Uh, just a question, like, when was the book written? Um, sh- not very long before the movie came out, like, yeah, yeah, 1920, mm. 1921 or something, mm. I think, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I can see why it wouldn't be, like, I don't think it would enhance the movie anything if you, if they, if you were to add in, like, them hiking through the jungle or things like that I don't think it would fit in with the movie so I feel like it perhaps is a bit of a uh, more um, how do you say well I think the the movie it has a clear vision of what it wants to do and it has I think it succeeds very well with that and it has a very distinct voice that is different from the book Uh, and it's different also from a lot of other science fiction movies from from the time period and also if you go a little bit into the future it's like very different from say 1950s uh, sci-fi alien Mars movie um, because those are a a different (laughs) style (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking um, because there are there, like what is it? Because this I saw this on YouTube, and there were a few versions that I could see available, and I I I chose the one that were was on top or, or at the top because I felt like that was probably the the better one, the most viewed and everything. But that was one hour and about twenty mi- minutes, and there was another one that were like one hour and forty minutes. I want to say. Mm. Uh, have you like which version did you see and do you know if it makes any difference Um, well I have it on DVD I I don't Um, actually remember how long the DVD version is I suspect it's probably the longer one because it's like a remastered restored version Um, but yeah I don't know Uh, based on what you've described of the plot I don't think there's a lot that has been removed yeah. um, okay good because i feel like that would probably be important to say like <laughs> if i've seen a version that is much shorter than like if, if that would make things really different or so but yeah, yeah. Okay, good. also i mean since we are talking about silent films the length you know you don't mesh actually if you go back in time to that era you don't you didn't actually measure silent films in time length 
because it all, it was dependent on the the frames per mm. second that you played it at, mm. uh, which varied from like cinema to cinema. So what you actually measured was like the length of the actual film strips. Yeah, yeah, makes um, sense. So I I suspect that the different YouTube versions mm. might just be they are running at slightly different frame rates essentially. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. That 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 makes total sense. Um, Okay, so let's get into Mars, because like you say, that it comes off as more sterile in the film. And and that makes so much sense to me, because if there is something that I want to complain about, or like critique a little bit about about Mars and that society, is that firstly, uh, there appear to be two genders, I think. Mm. Some people are in armors that make it really hard to think, see if they are even like alive or if they are robots. But but the only two that are female looking, let's say, are Ailita and her servant. I think it's it states that it's her favorite servant, uh, which is uh, complicated in <laughs> any differences. But I'm not st- I'm not I'm not stopping at that train station. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, but so so that makes it sort of like it doesn't feel alive in a way because there isn't mm. a lot of diversity, even though there's a hint at diversity in the society, if if if, if you know what I mean. Mm. And also, I just don't know where they go to the bathroom. And with that, <laughs> I mean that I don't I don't see like where do they eat? Like where where are their streets? How do they move around? Like you don't really get a sense of that. What you do get a sense of is like um, the artistry of the places, of the buildings. Like you get a sense of 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 them because of how of what their clothing looked like and things like that. But it doesn't look lived, if that, mm, mm. if if you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, so, yeah. And that makes it feel way more like the contrast between the scenes that take place in Russia. In, in this in the city, I believe it's Moscow, but don't quote me, don't quote me. <laughs> uh, and Mars, they are very very different, and and the Russia just looks so alive. You have a lot of extras and everything just looks lived in, and then you have Mars that looks. Even though I love that look, it does look very stagey in comparison, and, and yeah. for natural reasons, of course, I understand <laughs> why that is the case. But I still want to critique it because I because it is, it is a little bit of like something that you might want to work with <laughs> yeah yeah it, um, it's kind of you know the whole mars or all of the mars scenes they're kind of like an art exhibition yes <laughs> yes um and and they don't necessarily feel like an actual society uh, yeah. yeah i totally get what you're saying there yes mm-hmm. but i will say now we are going to get into the clothing i Absolutely, freaking, freaking, love it. Uh, Ailita wears such a. It's very sexy, <laughs> but twenties sexy, if mm. that makes sense. Like things aren't fitting properly, perhaps, and you know they did, yeah. But but it's such a interesting clothing because she has like three sort of dots on her chest. And those from those dots goes like vertical sort of uh, stripes, but they are hanging loosely because they are. I mean, I can see the the, the storyboard, like the the sketch from the uh, <laughs> costume designer. I see it, 
And I know that it didn't translate uh. in real life, but I see it and I love it for the idea. And of course, to some extent, the execution, but, but the idea is what I'm absolutely mm, love. And then she also has on the side these three other dots going sort of in the, in the other direction from her hip. And then you have these flowing movements of her trail from her dress. And she sort of works with that sometimes, like lifts it up and things like that. And I just, that costume is a oh, terrific, absolutely terrific. There's a lot of fun headgear in this one as well. Like yes. you have plastic sort of hats and man, these, these kind of robot army people who look like Cylons, but not really. And it's just, in, it's so much fun. Like looking at the Mars people, what they're wearing is just like a treat, in my opinion. Mm, mm. Highlight to me. At yeah, least. yeah. As as I was re-watching the film uh, prior to the podcast, yeah. um, you know, a thought struck me that, oh, I wonder if these clothes still exist. Have yes. they been preserved? Are they in a museum in Russia somewhere? Mm-hmm. Because I would love to go see them. They would be amazing. So yeah. I am going to go down a Pinterest rabbit hole later and just see if, if, if someone has taken a picture, maybe from a museum and put it available you know, mm. online or something. Mm. Because if, I, would, yeah. I would love to see the colors also. Like I can just, Exactly. Mm, yeah, oh. yeah. If you so find them, fun. if they exist oh. and you can go see them, we'll put them on our bucket list, right? Yes. And we should go oh, there. For sure. <laughs> Even if it's a creepy person's basement and, you know, we'll go there. <laughs> well, I don't think... Because this is quoted as being Russia's or Soviet's first science fiction mm, movie. So yeah. I actually think it has some his- historical significance in Russia. So I, I, if the mo- if the clothing uh, <laughs> have been preserved, I think they're probably in, yeah. in a bigger museum. Oh, um, I really, really hope so. Because I would love to see, like, just seeing these costumes with color mm. and and really seeing the shine of the metallics and things like that and i also want to uh, just mention that the servant's outfit is also really just fun is the word i would use probably because she has this like sort of like imagine um sort of like jogging pants or harem pants i don't know exactly what they're called but sort of loose fitted pants mm-hmm. and then there are these metallic rods almost like shaped like triangular rods going along her legs and it's just it's just like fun fun pants you know who doesn't like fun metallic pants um <laughs> awesome so there's you know things like that are just awesome but plot wise loss Let's start with Loss, because yeah. he is, uh, we spend almost, uh, what, no, do we spend most time with him? I, I don't yeah, know. either him or his uh, wife, they, yeah. they are the main two characters, really, yeah. So Loss, uh, I don't know where to start with him, so he is not feeling well. No, no, he's going um, through some rough times, it, it appears. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's not clear why, Um but he, he, he isn't feeling well. And he has these dreams of Mars. And they feel like very much like escapism for him. Mm. And like maybe he's feeling trapped somehow. And he's also very paranoid. Um, like he, he thinks that his wife is 
having an affair like at first flirting with and then having an affair with the uh, new tenant in the apartment building and it's not like you can see how it would look like that from his perspective because and she also like she goes to like for example a ball with this new tenant and he's absolutely coming on really hard <laughs> oh, on, yes. oh yes uh, like man he 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 can't take a no or like feel the room or anything like he he doesn't uh, but the whole thing leads to loss having a moment when he has come back from being away for a few months because of building yeah. this spaceship and he comes back and things culminate when he sees like we we see it as a shadow uh, where the wife and the new tenant embraces and he 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 loses it basically and he, he uh, brings out a gun which made me surprised i'm like have you had a gun on you this entire time like where why okay and he shoots the wife which made me go <gasps> like that when i was watching the movie <laughs> my god loss Ugh, what happened what do you feel about uh like what was your reaction and thoughts about that whole thing yeah it's um I mean, if I'm going to be honest, the scenes taking place in Russia, that doesn't have to do with Mars. Uh, I did have some trouble getting invested in them. You mm. know, all the characters that were there. And there are more characters than we've mentioned. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. a number of side characters. I just sort of felt like their relationship drama and everything that was going on there. I was like, mm, you know, it's not quite what I'm here for, you know. Yeah. But that scene where Lost does pull a gun on his wife... It's it's such a big event that you know you 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 stop and you pay attention. You're like, oh mm-hmm. oh, I didn't expect this, and now oh okay okay, so things are happening. Uh, it's a real attention grabber of a scene. Um, yeah yeah, I think I can sort of glimpse at a problem I have with this movie, and that is the big ensemble of characters we have. Mm. because and I'm gonna just briefly mention them because it's not important at all what happens in their relationship and there's a soldier and a nurse who flirts and get together and he then ends up on the spaceship with Loss and they really don't influence events at all in this plot so they sort of they sort of distract from what's important and what's what is important is Mars and loss mental health I'm gonna say like that's what I feel like is this movie Mm. you have then also a situation where you have someone who wants to get a job as a police officer basically where he's doing his own investigation into the case of a missing pack of um, like a large pack of of sugar Mm. and this is of course a very uh, in, you know, a big crime because it's a it's it's from the ration office, so you're not supposed to steal from <laughs> the rations office, even though people totally did in the past, and there was black markets and everything. <laughs> that just like <laughs> nothing's fair. Uh, but anyways, 
and, and that thing also, I just felt like that just fizzled out into nothing. Like, I don't even remember where how that thing resolved in the end. Like, did someone get arrested? Do I care? In the end. Mm. And that person also ends up on the space. Now, now I'm going to get back to why <laughs> I think this is the issue. So I don't feel like the, let's call it the descent into madness of loss, is clear enough. I don't feel like he talked, tried to talk enough with his wife. I don't think we saw no, enough instances no. that were convincingly, uh, you know, like her actually like being with... Um, the new tenant mm. that would make me go oh i can totally see that loss has absolutely lost it by now and just grabs the gun and and um shoots her yeah yeah uh, i don't see it i don't i just to me it just feels like he's a very violent person who decided to go for violence instead of 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 this of talking <laughs> um yeah, which yeah. makes me lose all empathy for him like I exactly. just didn't care about him after this I was like you shot your wife based on things that you didn't really talk to her about mm. like from mm. your perspective only it's very narcissistic behavior like I don't know I don't know it's an yeah. issue I have yeah absolutely absolutely uh loss even in the beginning of the movie when we don't we, we don't know these things about him He's still not an extremely like charismatic um, protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. He he's he seems to be a little bit introverted. Maybe is is the word I, I yeah. would use, which is fine. Oh sure. But but I think if you're gonna go for a character like that as your main character, you need to maybe focus on them more because. They are not acting out against the world in the same way as maybe a mm. different kind of protagonist would do, mm. um, and it does affect how you tell the story. You know, you need to sort of adapt the story based on that, and I don't think the movie does necessarily does. Um, like, like you say, yeah. we don't the the communication between Loss and his wife Natasha. Mm. It, it, mm, it, there's there's a flow there that doesn't really make sense when you think about it. We know that Olaf thinks she's cheating on him. She knows he's being jealous about that. Mm. Neither of them really confront each other about this. You know? No. Not, yeah. I'm, there's like uh, one scene where he, he finds something in her like a, a, a pocket in a coat or something mm. and he's very frightening also at that instance but i don't i don't remember how it was resolved i just know like like he's on edge mm. <laughs> a girl mm. run <laughs> mm. yeah sorry go in, go on yeah i mean uh, a lot of the relationship troubles well you can put them uh, on on loss at his door because he doesn't he doesn't really ask he asks questions of Natasha but he doesn't really demand straight answers and she and no. yes I'm going to par- place part of the blame on her as well <sighs> she doesn't answer him straightly you know he actually you know he sees a note from this other supposed yes. love interest of hers where that is very flirty and you know she got that 
kind of reluctantly. She was like, oh no, <laughs> Get, getting me away from this annoying guy, but she, she still got the note and, and, and things like that. And Loss sees this and he actually asks her about it. And she's mm-hmm. just like, oh, are you jealous? And then she doesn't actually answer him. Like, no, like, it doesn't. What, yeah, what she could have said is like, I didn't even know I had that in my bag. Exactly. It just, yeah, it, yeah. It, it doesn't, it's not even... It's not that she brings it home even. It's like her colleague. Uh, it's a compl- it's well it's not a complicated situation, but it's not really important, but but no, she could have just no. said that. And so so but in the end she's the one who gets murdered, so I'm I'm not going to like he he is the <laughs> 99% well, issue here, but <laughs> she, she but doesn't but really the, get murdered though, but Yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> because yes. But that's the that's the uh, weird thing because she uh no but no she dies in his dream let's say yeah he shoots at her and he thinks he has killed her and when he's dreaming about his journey to mars that is sort of a basis of it that he's on the run because he's killed his wife and now he's gonna hook up with aelita instead (laughs) and he also goes to the funeral dressed as his friend so right i don't remember if did he go to a I think he put on like a fake beard. Yes, and yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He did yeah, pretend so he, to be his friend, but I don't remember anything about the funeral. Com, com, yeah, no, he went, yeah, I think he went to the funeral and then... Um, Possibly, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, complicated dreams uh, anyways. But um, but in the end, yeah, he didn't, he didn't kill her, but we still see her as being murdered and even having like a funeral. Mm. Um, but then... Um, I'm thinking, should we just get to the Mars, maybe? Yeah, it, it, we are at the point where Loss's yeah. daydreaming <laughs> takes him to Mars, and a lot of things happen there as well. Yeah, because he is, like, he he has been sort of ob- obsessed about Aelita, and Aelita has been obsessed about him. So when they meet up, it's almost like an instant romance. And then now, because now it's it's getting a little bit interesting because then things happen on Mars. Uh, the, the Martians don't want this human Earth craft to, or spacecraft to land on Mars, but they do anyways and unrest starts to happen and uh, loss or someone else starts the rebellion uh, of this very low class that is living like deep freezed and just working in the mines basically for the upper class and uh but yeah anyway so Aelita and and um Loss when they meet up they sort of have this oh my god I love you I love you too and then at you know few scenes later she is she looks like his wife like it's her it's his wife instead and that that's the first cue that oh no <laughs> i see <laughs> but still interesting i mean it's 1924 so by now it's not like a massive trope that it was all a dream no no so i did enjoy it i was like oh, okay that's interesting i wonder what where this will go anything about that that you want to like chime in on the first time I watched this, um, and I remember quite clearly the reaction I, I had to it then, mm. uh, it was kind of one of disappointment because, uh, uh. you know, the scenes on Mars had been so nice that I was just like, I was disappointed that oh, they're not, act- they didn't actually happen. They're not real. Yeah. Um, 
but rewatching it now, I think I appreciate it more. Um, you know, when I when I know what I'm getting into, I I, I sort of see the the decision making when it comes to the plot that that leads to this. Oh, it was all a dream ending. Yeah. Um, and I I I I see the nuances in maybe the storytelling a bit better now. Uh, when I, I see watching it a second and a third time. Um. So yeah, I, I appreciate it more at this point. But if you go yeah. if you go into this movie for the first time, eh, it it might it might not leave you completely satisfied. Maybe. No, I I hear you. Like because of Mars, looking so fantastic, and the thought of them actually going to space and doing all this stuff, like it is it is a little bit disappointing. But but I also find it like an interesting. In the context, the twist, <laughs> even though it's so done by now. Uh, but so I don't know a lot about the director. His name is, I'm sorry beforehand, but it's Yakov Protasanov. Protasanov? Yakov Protasanov. And I, I mean, because this movie, like there's a lot of scenes and a lot of small clips and things that it just comes off as really nationalistic mm. pro-revolution f- down communism is great yeah um, i mean they, they really they have a sequence in, in when when the mars is, is uh, revolting they have a sequence where you actually see oh you God. know the hammer and the chisel and that yes, i mean, <laughs> I mean it's, yeah it's it's a beautiful scene but oh, yeah. it's so on the nose <laughs> it's it's like it's slapping you in the on the nose it's it's not subtle at all and there's like i'm just gonna mention one another thing that was also like oh okay so uh loss's wife goes to a ball it's an illegal ball uh don't ask me why it's illegal but i think it's like i think the new tenant says like oh let's stick it to the com- com- comrades i almost said like the mm, military i don't know some something like that so this ball is illegal and as she's sitting there and, you know, she's sitting next to a few girls and they're all wearing like wonderful 20s heels, shoes, love it, look awesome, very shiny. And then she gets a flashback to very poor people, like basically on the run and arriving in the city and they are wearing what looks like lump shoes, basically, like just poor mm. <laughs> shoes mm. to survive not walking on snow basically and that is also one of those moments like oh do you see wearing high heels and being on fancy balls is bad because people are poor like there's a lot of that sort of message going on and um just a lot of it so i think it makes sense that the end sort of is like the wife telling loss like we need to work on what we have here stop living in that dream world or you know Mm. forget about what's out there Uh, think about now because like he has he is like an engineer that is thinking of going going to mars and you know space and all these things like that is who he was before daydream like it's it's part of who he is so and uh, I, I also feel like that's a very of, of its time sort of feeling like now we're gonna make Russia great and yay you know things like that mm. um, do you agree with that or yeah yeah pretty much um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you you, you summarize the thoughts uh, quite well okay. there yeah, yeah. good <laughs> um, anything else you're thinking that you want to 
do you want to talk about? Um, how would you? I mean, we have seen we haven't seen a lot of silent films from this era, you know, mm. the tens, the twenties, the thirties. But compared to the other ones that we have seen, how do you see any contrasts? Um, oh, I need a reminder of what we've seen. <laughs> honestly, like we're uh, up to almost like we're beyond sixty episodes now. Like, <laughs> well, the the one the one that I'm most thinking about yep. is one that we saw quite early on uh, in our podcasting careers, mm. <laughs> uh, which was the Danish silent film called uh, Himmelskibet or A Trip yes. to Mars in English, yes. uh, which also deals with Mars. And yes. I, I was sort of wanting to maybe compare those two a little bit. Yeah, okay. So from what I remember of Himmelskibet, like even though this one is very, like Ailita is very on the nose uh, and very, like there, there is some like issue issues with Loss's character and, and, and that whole domestic situation. <laughs> um, but I do think I prefer this one. Like if I'm trying to remember Himmelskibet, like what they were wearing or... Mm. I do remember the spaceship, but I can't remember the characters. Like, I think this one, where I'm, what I'm getting at, like, this one will stick more. Yeah, yeah. Than Himmelskibet, for sure. Yeah, uh, I think Aelita has more of a visual identity than Himmelskibet did. Um, yes. Himmelskibet, while I like the plot of Himmelskibet, it is, it does look... Low budget, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When they're on Mars, they're pretty much just out into na- in nature because mm-hmm. oh, building sets are expensive, uh, and all the it's... Mars people have like white dresses, and, and it's it's yeah, mm, it lacks a little bit in that uh, department. But I also think it's interesting that we have here two films that are released. Mm quite close to each other time-wise, uh, only a few years apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Europe, both of them. Um, but one of them, Himmelskibet, has a much more optimistic outlook on this encountering a new civilization mm, scenario. Yeah. Because Himmelskibet is very, it's a very peaceful meeting between two civilizations. It's not without problems, but the end result is very oh, you know, we're making peace with Mars and, and they are our new friends and everything is yeah. happy while Aelita is, you know, Loss and his friend, they go to Mars and they start a revolution and it's just yeah. upending everything in Martian society and it's so... It's it's a contrast <laughs> to oh, him Absolutely. Gibbons. Absolutely. And and because they do also mention, like, in the... In the um early on in Ailita, like, oh, and Martians aren't uh, unknown to, to jealousy and things like that. So you do get a sense of, like, they are basically, like, humans, kind of petty and, mm. uh, you know, basically, like, humans. Uh, and it, it is also rather interesting, like, just l- looking at it in context, like, sort of this idea of, of bringing the revolution with you. Mm. Um, and and almost saving other people. Um, I mean, it's not uncommon. It's it's not uncommon in movies, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but it it's so clear in this one, and I think it's a really I think it's really interesting. Like I say, sort of document of of the time in that way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And also like that it's big budget. 
I mean, it, it looks like it at least mm. uh, to be big budget. So, and I mean, the, the the scenes where they are fighting at Mars, like there are a lot of people in costumes and a lot of things involved, and it's it's just it's impressive. It's impressive what they were able to achieve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just looking at it like that. Yeah. 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 Um, but maybe I, I'm 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 gonna. Uh, steer the the conversation here to um one of our standard segments which is double feature uh, oh, because yeah. i would actually like to recommend him as it and mm-hmm. i lead that together because they are similar yet different and i think experiencing them next to each other is is uh, um something that that is worth uh doing just just to you know sort of see oh you know these people, they come from this situation and these came from another situation and this, these are the end results and, you know, how yeah. are they different? How are they similar? I think that's a, um, a good way to do that. Absolutely. Film courses. Take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the syllabus. <laughs> no, but yeah, absolutely. I can only agree with you. It's It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. And I'm very happy that you that you um, um, brought this this movie to Starcraft. But like that you that you made that you made us watch. I sound like you're <laughs> like you're a Martian overlord, and I am the lower class forced to. <laughs> no, but I I get what you're saying because this yeah. is a movie I had seen it before, and I knew that. I didn't love it. Like, yeah. I will never claim my as a favorite movie of any kind. Um, but I think it's one of those that is really fun to podcast about because mm-hmm. there are so many things that it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's discussable, a word, uh, but that's what yeah. this is. <laughs> We're making it a word. We're making it a word. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to throw uh, Metropolis in the mix as well. Mm. Mm. I think why not? Why not? Yeah, um, I mean that's kind of it's, a, it's a not, third take on <laughs> yeah, the scenario. Like it's not exactly the same thing, but mm-hmm. I do think it's very interesting. Like with different budgets and sort of mm. with especially Alita and Metropolis, I think it could be interesting. Like just yeah, throwing it in the mix. Why Absolutely. not? Absolutely. There you go. Course I mean, syllabus. Uh, I love Metropolis, as is established uh, yes. everywhere on the internet, pretty much, <laughs> that I have been. Uh, <laughs> um, the breadcrumb of Metropolises. <laughs> so every chance I get to, to watch Metropolis, I'll take. So yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would uh, bring up a few other double features here, actually. So yeah, Do so. Looking at the book, Ailita. I would say there's actually another Russian science fiction film that I've seen that is closer in sort of experience or at least, um, how should I say, style. Uh, you know, I, I, I described mm-hmm. the book as more sort of pulpy in style. And I think this movie uh, that I'm going to mention is is more similar to that. And it is called Planet of Storms in English. Um I'm not going to pronounce the Russian title, but it has a Russian title. <laughs> hey, I tried with the director. It's only fair. Uh, okay, so so the way it's spelled, the Russian title, it's like Planeta Bur. B-U-R. Uh, not, not sure on the pronunciation there, but Planet of Storms is the English title. 
sounds yeah. sounds like you're a native speaking it. Bleking a native. Oh yes. Okay, okay, so just a tangent here for our listeners. Yeah. So I'm from an area in Sweden called Blekinge, and we are rather famous for the way we pronounce the letter R. You are yes. very far back in the throat. So it's more Danish than <laughs> Swedish, let's be honest. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, but I actually I have a hard time pronouncing the letter R in English because it's not yeah. how I do it naturally. Like it's it doesn't fit with how I'm used to pronouncing it. So uh, I I can imagine like Yeah. I, uh, and here's the thing don't ask me to do your R's because I <laughs> it will be an embarrassment for both and I will dishonor everyone so I'm just not going to <laughs> y'all it took me like a, a year of French in, in, in high school to just learn to pronounce the R the correct French way it was like Oh, like that did not come not sure for me. Why is that letter so hard? I don't know. <laughs> oh no, I hit the mic. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> well, anyway, back to Planet of Storms. So, yes. Planet of Storms is a Russian movie. I think it's made in 1962 or thereabouts. I, I might be misremembering the year, but it's yeah, from so the 60s. Much later. Yeah, yeah. much later. Uh, but that is a movie that is about a bunch of astronauts who I think they actually land on Venus, but it, it doesn't matter. Ah. One of the planets of the solar system. And they are discovering a strange flora and fauna on the planet. And they also kind of hear, you know, they hear voices of like some women singing somewhere. And it's all oh, very strange. Sirens. Mm, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and cool. Planet of Storms was actually recut for the American release into like three different movies no. with added <laughs> scenes. Uh, I think they're called like Voyage to the Planet of Prehistoric Women or something. Don't watch those versions. Look oh up the original. <laughs> you know what would be a perfect like theme for us? One month in the future, whenever we feel like we are <laughs> strong enough. <laughs> But watching the original and one of those Americanized versions oh, that yeah. would be yeah. fun and torture at the same time, I yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah. The, ori- the original is fine. The recuts, not oh, so much. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's put a maybe on that then. Uh, I mean, it is... For, from a podcasting perspective, it is interesting to talk about, you know, why did they add those scenes? <laughs> but from a sanity perspective, it might not be the best. Um, and then uh, moving on from Planet of Storms, um, if you look up Aerith, the Queen of, of Mars on IMDb, uh, they actually claim that there is another version of this film from mm-hmm. 1980. It oh. is... Not a remake per se, it's more a readaptation of the book. Um, mm. It is, according to IMDb, a, a Hungarian production. I have not seen it. I suspect that it is very obscure and hard to find. <laughs> but there is a bunch of photos from it on IMDb and they look really, really oh. cool. Uh, I think you would love them, Ebba. Uh, oh my god, so... I know what I'm googling then. Yeah. 
awesome. I, I think I would like to track that one down at some point to, to watch as well. That would be fun. Yes. Um, and then I would also like to suggest a music album. Oh. So there is a band called Mando Diao, uh, which is quite mm. famous here in Sweden. And they actually have an album called Aelita. <laughs> no way. Yeah, they do. I don't think it has anything to do with this movie, but I just like the connection. And I, li- I like the album, so <laughs> go listen to it. that's too random to <laughs> not be. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, Maybe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such, a, such an interesting double feature suggestion yeah. did you mention that there's Swedish band you, you might have mentioned that uh, well I said they're famous in Sweden but yes there's oh. a Swedish band yeah. <laughs> yeah so while I don't have a double feature to recommend I do want to bring out a wonderful shiny Gordon award for Aelita and that is for costume design Best no costume shit design. <laughs> yeah, right no shit <laughs> Uh, that is the category. No shit costume design of 1924. <laughs> I did not see this coming. <laughs> right? Poof, left hand. Whoa, where, where did that come from? <laughs> but it was v- wonderfully creative and uh, something I will remember of this movie. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I knew beforehand that this was something that's going to appeal to you. Uh, yes, I, I'm happy that I could bring it to your attention. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, these hats will stay with me forever. <laughs> They're phenomenal. Just, just go to Pinterest, folks. Look at it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. If I were to give out the Gordon, I would give it to the same thing because it's yeah. it really is the most notable thing about the whole mm-hmm. film. Um, it's so awesome. So <laughs> I do, I do think the movie is really worth checking out just just for that yeah. reason. Um, Absolutely. You know, I I am not quite as much a fan of other parts of the film, but I think in the end. It's a worthwhile experience uh, in watching it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, listener, have you seen Aelita, Queen of Mars? Um, well, it's in the public domain, so you can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you have or if you haven't, uh, we want to know what you think about the movie and about uh, this episode. So you can go to our Facebook page, Star Crash Podcast, and give us your thoughts. And uh, if you don't like Facebook or you don't have Facebook, we also have an Instagram account which is also at StarQuest Podcasts, uh, where you can also share your thoughts with us. We would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, join us next time for another movie. Bye-bye. Bye.